Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your many graces that you have given us this week, this day, that we can come and gather together, Lord, as a church on your own very day, Father. We give you all the praise. We want to give you all the glory in this morning as we gather together even before corporate worship to learn about, about you, about, about the things that you have done. We ask you, Lord, that you give us your Holy Spirit, that he may illumine his word to us, Lord, that we may receive it with open hearts, that we may learn what you want us to, to learn, Father. Just name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we are in Luke chapter 5, and we're going to start in, in verse 12. Now, there's three sections here in, in, in this chapter. I think what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to, I think we're going to spend most of our time on the first section and kind of brush over the two other sections, just because there's unfortunately not enough time just to cover everything in depth, but um, I want to make sure that this first section at least is well covered. Now, if someone could please read Luke 5, 12 through 16, I would, I would really appreciate it. Let's find it first. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. But now, even more, the report about him went abroad. And great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of infirmities, that he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Perfect, thank you. So, I mean, it's, it's a very short section, but I think it's really packed. Now, in the Old Testament law, we see that a leper is prohibited from entering uh, the city, even getting close to the city. Now, here we read that this man, it, he is either at the outskirts of the city or in the actual city, but I mean, he, he's not supposed to do that, and I think he knows that he's not suppo supposed to do that. Um, I think that perhaps this man, more than likely residing in a, in a leper colony outside of the city, in the, uh, really the abysmal, abysmal conditions that uh, those people used to live, was uh, so moved by, by the spirit of, of hope, by the news that uh, he heard of the Lord Jesus' uh, ministry, and he was willing just to risk it all and to, to seek the, out the, the Lord Jesus. Um, but, not, but first, so uh, leprosy. I mean, we, I, th I think a lot of us might think of leprosy as is a disease the only affects the, the physical aspect of man because in our time where, uh, where, where we live is just that. I mean, just a disease and not, not a very, I guess, dangerous disease. I mean, there's a cure for it, so we don't really think too much about it. If uh, 
you, you shouldn't touch an armadillo because those carry leprosy. But I mean, <laughs> there's a cure for it. So, uh, but in in this in in, in that time, so just just for for a, for a second, um, I'm gonna ask you not to try to put yourselves in that time in in the, in in that area, uh, but just kind of, of what you know of uh, uh, of ancient ancient Near Eastern societies. The ways that they used to live, from all the way from the were in tents, from the were actually in the more actual uh, rudimentary houses, but uh, all of the things that you have learned, that those, those pictures you have in, in your mind, just think of, of leprosy in, in, in biblical times. So one, one, one of the ways that I've, I've thought about it, of these people living in the, even, even in the colonies, it's pretty much like uh, the homeless people in inner cities. So I'm sure that there were some of these lepers in those colonies were, were nice people. Um, like some of the homeless people in, in the big cities, some of them were nice. Um, I deal with them every single day. Um, the, the sad reality is that most of them, they are, they are not. They, they, they have been isolated, they have been rejected by not only society, but, but by their families for a reason. Uh, that being drugs, uh, alcohol, um, men mental disorders. So for the most part, they are not nice people. I mean, it's probably not nice to say, but that's just, just a fact. Uh, there's a lot of crime. There's a lot of things going on uh, in, in the camps. So back now to biblical times, uh, the leper colonies, I mean, there were people who were rejected. There were people who were ostracized by their own families, by their, by their own people. A lot of them, if not most of them, I wanna, I wanna think that they were, they were bitter. So you, more than likely, but they were not very nice to each other either. So leprosy affects every part of, of the body. It causes sores, decay, corruption, and uh, suffering both physically and, and socially, but uh, it really didn't, it didn't not only means physical suffering, but, but also emotional and, and, and social suffering. So if you were a leper in those times, you were treated like a pest. You were treated like someone to be avoided, uh, more like the boogeyman. I, I mean, I kind of I, I, I want to think like uh, a mother would be walking on the outskirts of the city with her children and then comes the leper, like, like, oh my goodness, no, cover your eyes, don't, don't look at it. Because they were afraid, I mean, what, what it meant, it would be like you were completely isolated, you would be rejected. Besides the actual physical suffering, which it's, it's already quite a, quite a lot. But for just a moment, I mean, can you just imagine what that would do to the, to the soul of a man? Not only the physical suffering, the pain, but also being rejected by your family, by your friends, by, by the people, your neighbors being kicked out of the city, you go live over there in a, camp, in a cave. We don't want you here. So, and the worst part is that there was no cure. But here in this, uh, in this chapter, we read of a leper being made well in just an instant. It is but one touch of the Son of God that one touch of that uh, almighty hand and this man was made well immediately the leprosy left in it says now quick fact here I think uh, Tim also mentioned it uh, 
last Sunday, but here we have another proof of the details that we read and that we know that uh, the author of this, of this gospel is Luke, the physician, because it says, uh, it gives a detail that we, we do not see in the other gospel. It says that, it was, that the man was covered with, with leprosy, his whole body, just a small detail that is not mentioned in the other gospels, but it is all of these small details that we see throughout the gospel that we see like, okay, this, this, this sounds like, a, like someone who's concerned with the physical well-being of, of, of a person. So Luke, the physician, um, it says that it was spread, that it was fully covering the body. So it's not only the fingertips, uh, uh, the, the tip of the fingers, it's not only the hands, not, not only the arms, it's the whole, the whole body. So I, I want to think that, I mean, this is no wonder why the man uh, fell on his face and begged. Uh, I mean, what other thing could this pathetic man do in his awful condition? And first of all, what was he doing in the city, or at least on the outskirts of the city? Um, I think that he was desperate enough that he didn't care that he was going to be stoned to death. That's how desperate he was. He heard of of this Jesus who was passing by in the, city, in the city, more like Capernaum, and I think that he would think something similar like this. Uh, if I could just find him, he might have mercy on me. And then we read uh, the manner in which this man approaches the Lord Jesus. So he comes to Jesus aware of his pathetic, his pitiful, and sorrowful condition. He, he knows he's a lost cause. He doesn't come to negotiate uh, a deal with Jesus. He doesn't come and say, okay, uh, Lord Jesus, uh, uh, I'll give you this if you just do this for me. Um, he doesn't say, hey, uh, I've been suffering all this time. I've been suffering over in, in, in my whole life with this disease. Just now it's time for me to to have a, a, a change in, in my life. He doesn't say anything like that. He doesn't say, I, I, I deserve this. I, I've, been, I've been good at the leper colony. I've helped others. I've, I feed them. I, I, I treat them. He doesn't say anything like that. Um, he says, Lord, if, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So I think that he, this, this, this man, he, I don't think he knows much about Jesus, but uh, I think in humility, I mean, he first of all, addresses, addresses him as Lord. And on top of that, he understands two things. I think two important things. And in fact, the only two things that actually matter. That he understands his wretched, pathetic, hopeless condition. And he understands who Jesus is. That only an act of, of grace, uh, only if the Lord wills, his condition will will change. And there's a quote here by Bishop Ambrose. I'm going to read it to you. It says, In falling upon his face, he marked his humility and modesty. For everyone should blush at the stains of his life, but his reverence kept not back his confession. He shews his wound and asks for a remedy, saying, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Of the will of the Lord, he doubted, not from distrust of his mercy, but checked by the consciousness of his own unworthiness. 
but the confession is one of full of uh, full of devotion and faith, placing all power in the will of the Lord. So now, just to bring it back to our time, to our situation, you have to realize that we also suffer from a spiritual leprosy. I think it's not just a uh, by chance that the Spirit of God uses this dreadful disease to, uh, to reveal to us that sin is a deadly disease. Um, just much like leprosy, sin has infected uh, every fiber of, of, of our beings, our heart, or will, or mind, or consciousness. Um, from the very crown of our heads to the ver- very sole of our feet, from, uh, from our uh, skin to the marrow of our bones, uh, everything that we touch is corrupted, uh, and, our, and it's, it's covered in putrefying sores that we spread as we walk. So, very much like in, in those times, a, a leper would be a, literally pretty much a walking corpse. We, too, today are wo- walking cor- corpus, corpses. If someone could please uh, get Isaiah <coughs> chapter 1, verse 6. Yeah, Isaiah 1, uh, verse 6. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it. But bruises and sores and raw wounds, they are not pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. Yeah. So, uh, whenever we are born, whenever, as we grow grow up, uh, go to school, go to work, I mean, we, we might appear healthy, uh, but our souls are, by nature, dead in trespasses and, and sins. I mean, I think for one reason, I mean, the, the Lord Jesus, when he was on the earth, he had uh, such a, um, uh, I guess, heavy words against the, the Pharisees because he was describing exactly like this, this very same condition. He would tell them, and you, you, are, uh, you are beautiful in the outside, but inside you are, you are, you are dead, you are full of bones, you are whitewashed tombs. And because, I mean, and we are not so far away from, from, from the Pharisees. I mean, we are obviously here all together in uh, this Sunday because we call ourselves Christians. We profess to be Christians. We, uh, I mean, as I, as, as I look at all of you this morning, I mean, I have no problem in calling you, all of you, brother, sister in Christ. Uh, uh, as we gather as a corporate church, I mean, same thing. I mean, I, I, I don't... I mean, there's nothing that I, uh, that I, would, uh, I, have, I would have doubt, like, okay, th- this person might not be really a Christian. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, but just uh, a fact would be, just statistically, is that not everyone in, in our church is, uh, is, is saved. Not everyone sitting here is saved. I mean, I would love to think that everyone in these in the, in the seats are, 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 are Christians who, are, who have surrendered their lives to, to the Lord Jesus. Uh, but uh, in the history of the church, that's, I mean, that's, it's rare to find a place where everyone who calls themselves a Christian to be Christian. Um, 
So we also we might appear as health. I mean, we come here every single Sunday. We 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 sit down. We've been we we come before um, uh, uh, corporate worship to learn about Jesus, to learn about the Bible. I mean, some of us we are up here teaching. That's not a, an, an exception to 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 make it a, a, a to give you points in your favor. Like, okay, then that person might be saved. That's that's not an excuse. Um, but uh, if we haven't come to the Lord Jesus aware of the same hopeless condition, knowing that there's no remedy, knowing that there's no cure outside of Christ, knowing that it's, it's only through this uh, divine physician that he is the only one who can wash our souls, renew our minds, he can, he can restore us, that he can make us alive again uh, and make us whole. Um, if we don't come in those terms, if we don't come acknowledging that we don't have anything to bring to the table, if, if we are still putting our trust in, in our works, I mean, and, I mean we, we, hear, we hear all the time in this church, it's not by words, but by faith, but like, do, do you actually take time to think and meditate what actually that means? That it's not because, of course, no, no, nobody was, is going to say it like, oh, yeah, I, I trust in my works. Nobody says that. But uh, the fact is, is, I mean, some people, they are trusting in, in the works. And it's, it only takes just some time just to sit down Think about it, meditate, ask, just truly ask the Lord, Lord, am, am I truly trusting in you? Or am I trusting that I come every single Sunday, that I serve every single Sunday, that I go to care group every Wednesday, that I pray for others, that I give to others? Am I trusting truly in you, or am I trusting in the things that I've been doing? Do, do, do those things give you comfort? They, do, do they give you security? Or does the Lord Jesus... What he did on the cross gives you security. There are some of the things that you might want to ask yourself, not to put doubt in, in your salvation, but, I mean, we are commanded to examine ourselves every single day, and uh, it's not going to push away it, uh, from, uh, from God. It's not going to bring doubt uh, of your salvation. On the opposite, if you are truly asking, and, uh, asking the Lord, he, eventually, he will bring, you, bring peace to your heart if you're struggling with, with the assurance of, of salvation because he has promised that he, he, he will do it. But um, he will read, like I said, of, of, this, of the one touch of the hand of the Son of God and he can make us clean and renew our minds. Now, that's, that's the, the important part I wanted you to spend spend some time, even though it's just a small section of the chapter. Uh, I, just, I just want to make sure that that is, uh, we are fully aware. I, I, mean, I mean, sometimes, I mean, I do this a lot, unfortunately, but I'm, I'm reading and just kind of brush over things, and I, I do not take the time to, to think, to meditate, like, oh, yeah, leprosy, yeah, whoa, scary disease, like, oh, yeah, sin, it's, it's similar like that, but like, what does that actually mean? How, how does that affect me personally? So just to make sure that, that uh, if you don't take anything else from, from, from this morning, I hope that uh, you can take something from there. But now, um, 
Also, another thing that I that I, I think it's important that we see in this in this section is that Jesus had a had an in high regard the ceremon, cer, ceremonial law to the point that he told the leper to follow the law and present himself before the priests, uh, even though I mean it was clearly obvious that he was healed. Uh, I think I think Tim was uh, mentioned last last Sunday that. Uh, with a lot of the uh, uh, miracle makers of our day. I mean, it's kind of like, oh, he has been cured of, I don't know, uh, cancer. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, everyone's clapping. He was cured of cancer, but okay, you cannot see anything. Uh, it's so easy to make a miracle like that. But with this type of miracle, I mean, it's clearly evident. I mean, he was <coughs> healed in an instant. You can see it on, 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 on his skin. But, in, but yet, he told him to go and present himself to... Uh, before the priest, because that was, was the, what the ceremonial, ceremonial law commanded, because the priests were the ones, I guess, he would, they would take like, the role of doctors and like, kind of just declare to them, okay, you are healthy. You are, you're not, you are not longer a sufferer of, uh, of leprosy. But so, I think that just as Jesus had a high view of the, of, of the law, of the ceremonial law in, in particular here, we should also have the same high view of the ceremonial law, not because it binds us to obey it, but because it points us to Christ. Um, it's a very common mistake, it, it, speaking also of the civil law, it's um, we are not uh, bound to obey it anymore. Uh, it still applies to us in certain ways, but we're not uh, bound to to obey it, but uh, it points us to Christ, and, and that's that's the, the the main thing of of the ceremonial law. I mean, that's pretty much what we've been hearing for the past I don't know how many how many Sundays in in the Book of Hebrews of this uh, this uh, uh, better and uh, improved covenant that all of these laws, all of these things, were just pointing to Christ. And now, well, before we go to, to the next section, any any questions? There any comments, concerns? No, I said everything perfectly. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Okay, now uh, verse seventeen to twenty-six. If someone could please. On one of those days, as he was teaching, the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come down from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the powerful Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Men, or man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. 
Immediately he rose up before them, picked up what he had been laying on, and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God, and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. Cool, thank you. Um, so in this section, now we read of another miracle, and I'm really not going to spend really any time uh, in talking about uh, the miracles themselves. Uh, I think Tim last Sunday did a pretty good job in, in explaining um, the point of the miracles and why we don't see them today as, as often. I mean, I, I think I pretty much I fully agree with everything he said. Um, I guess the, the, the only thing that I would add, just I, I guess a word of caution, uh, that uh, as cessationists, um, we should be careful and not to, to go too far to the other extreme and say uh, miracles do not happen at all uh, today. Because, I mean, that's really not the cessationist position. Uh, cessationists do not believe that miracles do not happen at all today. Uh, we believe that there are no miracle makers. Uh, that, that's a big difference. And unfortunately, I've seen uh, a lot of people who call themselves cessationists who say, like, no, there's, there's no miracles anymore. Uh, but that's, uh, I don't think that's true. I think the, the, the gift of, 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 the, of this miracle work is they have ceased with the apostles. And, but just be careful not to, uh, to go too far into the other extreme. Well, extremes are always, always dangerous, though. So. Um, but now here in this section, so we read of, of Pharisees, teachers of the law. They come from every village, from Galilee and Judea, and from Jerusalem. So we have the, the scholars, the doctors of the law, the, uh, the, the most learned people. They, they, they come to hear Jesus teach. They, a lot of them, they come to, le- to they want to learn from him. Uh, a few others, they want to, fo- to find fault in him. And some others, they just want just out of curiosity. So, I mean, I think that it's very similar to uh, the type of people come to church uh, in, in a regular Sunday throughout uh, uh, the gatherings in, 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 in this country and across the world. I mean, people who genuinely want to learn about Jesus, people who they are just curious, they're just they're yeah, just trying to find uh, their their own spiritual path, or some other people who just want to come and criticize uh, to find some fault in, in Christianity. So, same thing as we uh, as as we read in in, in this uh, section. But now, just a couple of things on this section that I want to uh, I guess highlight. Uh, um, so, the questions. One of the questions of the Pharisees. In verse 21, it says, uh, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So, the Pharisees, they, they would say a lot of things that were wrong. A lot of times they would say things that were right. In, and this, in this section, this is one of the instances where the Pharisees are, they were correct in their assessment that no man can forgive sins uh, but God. And... In verse 22, it says, But Jesus, knowing their reasonings, answered and said to them, Why are you, why are you reasoning in your hearts? I have a different translation than what Nathaniel read, but it's the same, same thing. Um, 
So, well, I guess before. Someone could please read Jeremiah 17.10. Almost right. I <laughs> <laughs> I'll switch over to NASB. Oh, so uh, there you fine. go. There you go. You ready? Go ahead. <clears throat> I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind to give each person according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. There you go. That's an inspired translation right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the NAV is fine. <laughs> It is a good one. There are some better ones. It's a good one. Um, so I guess two things here. Um, so here is one of the instances that I guess, uh, I guess for a lot of people, especially Muslims, that's the ones who always come to mind. When they, they demand, they want to know why, does, why Jesus never called himself God. He never said he was God. Then he's not God. He never, said, he never said, I am God. So if you ever talk to a Muslim, that, I mean, that always comes up. Like, okay, you want, you want Jesus to, to satisfy your demands. He, you, you want him to say exactly what you want him to say to prove to you that, that he is God. But here, I mean, we read of two, two po- I guess two, two points that where, where he proves that he is God. He, he forgives sins and... To, to give us proof that he actually forgave the sins of this man, he healed him. So there's proof, number one, that he is God. And the Pharisees would agree. I mean, who can, who, who can forgive, forgive, forgive sins but uh, God alone? And the proof is, here's another miracle. As, as, as miraculous is the, the fact that he forgave sins is as miraculous that he, he healed this paralytic. But the other one, that I think um, it's often... Uh, forgotten or just we, like I said I mean something we read too fast we do not slow down when we read the Bible and is that Jesus knew their uh, their thoughts what they, what, what they were thinking in their hearts probably I don't even know if it was they were actually like um, intentionally like thinking about it sometimes I mean it's just in our subconscious and we, we, we don't think things, I mean, we don't, I mean, some talking, lifting my hands, so I don't, I'm not thinking I'm going to lift my hands, just subconscious, it just happens. So it may be that in their subconscious, they were thinking, who is this man who, who's pretending to, to, be, to be God? Uh, this is a blasphemy. Um, but Jesus, I mean, not only knows the thoughts, but he knows the intentions of, of, of the heart, and it's proved there by Jerem- uh, that. Uh, passage in uh, Jeremiah that we read in the NASB. Um, so there's another proof that he is God. He, he forgives sins, and he knows the, the reasonings or the, or the thoughts of, of the heart. 
So next time when you are talking to someone and, and he demands, he, he wants to know where in the Bible does Jesus say, he, I am God. He doesn't say that. He doesn't need to say that. I mean, he, we have tons of proof. I mean, in these two verses, we just read of two proofs right there. Um, if someone could just read that uh, quote from uh, Cyril of Alexandria. As if to say, O Pharisees, and she say, Who can forgive sins but God alone? I answered you, Who can search the secrets of the heart but God alone? Who says by his prophet, I am the Lord that searcheth the hearts and trieth the reins? Yeah. So, Jesus is giving them a second proof that he is God. Then in verse 24 it says, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So, just to make sure you, got, you guys got that one, Jesus claimed to have the authority to forgive sins and demonstrated it by healing the paralytic. Um, so, those are, I think, the two important points, two uh, theological implications that we've seen in this passage. That... By claiming to have the authority to forgive sin, Jesus is claiming to, to be God. Am I missing any, any blanks from the previous section? I didn't, didn't even check. I'm not really following. But uh, if not, if you, if you, wanna, you missed one of those, uh, just come see me at the end and I'll give you the blanks. Uh, um, okay, now the last section, and we're making good time. What? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> it's all calculated. Okay, now uh, verse 27, if someone could please, through uh, 39. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. And they said to him, The disciples of John fast often and offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, Can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. He also told them a parable. No one tears a piece from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. If he does, he will tear the new, and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wineskin will burst the, skin, the skins and it will be spilled, and the skins will be destroyed. But new wine must put, be put into fresh wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, desires new where he says the old is good. Perfect. I mean, honestly, I mean that, that section is also quite packed. And I mean, we just don't have time to cover all of it. 
so we're just gonna touch on just on a few things, but it's really packed. <laughs> so I kind of feel I feel bad not covering everything there. Uh, but so why were the tax gatherers like Levi despised in ancient Israel? And I had the perfect joke if Philip was, was, was still here, uh, but he's not. He. So I'm not gonna say my joke about the IRS. So <laughs> you can blame it on Philip. He's gone. Um, so I mean, so the tax gatherer collected taxes from their own countrymen to be paid to the hated Roman conquerors. I mean, and I guess a lot of a lot of people. Have, I mean, I heard it, that um, they, sometimes we compare these uh, tax collectors with the IRS. Uh, that's not a joke, so do not laugh. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, but the, the truth is, I mean, it's, it's not quite like the IRS. I mean, it would be more, I think, a more, um, a closer picture of what it would be like for us. It would be if, if China decides to invade us and they, they, take, they take control, they, they overthrow our government. Now China is the oppressor government, and now we have some of our friends, this section over here, who they are starting to work for, for, for the Chinese government. And, and now they are taking our money and giving it to that Chinese government. So that, that, it, that, that's closer to what it, it was like. I mean, as much as we hate paying taxes, I mean, it, it's, it's not like that. It's, it's an oppressive government that it's invading, that it's uh, uh, overposing on, uh, on on your country, and then you have your own neighbors, your own friends, uh, who now are taking your money from, from your kid's mouth and just giving it to these barbarian people. Um, so that, that's, that's a closer picture. Uh, so that, that's, that's one of the reasons. I mean, and on top of that, these guys over here that are making tons of money, of the money that are stealing from you. So you have the fishermen, uh, they would toil, they go out in the sea, uh, all day long or all night long uh, and these guys come the next day and give me your money so that's how much they were hated um, so and it's, it's kind of I think it's kind of interesting that the, the people that Jesus picked to be his disciples because you have some of them uh, like Levi to be uh, a tax collector and at the same time you have some fishermen and you have a couple of zealots who, were, who wanted to, by force, with violence, overthrow the Roman government, and you have them all, all together, and now they are brothers in Christ. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting how, uh, how he decided to do, to do the things he did, but uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna go in, in, into that. But so, um, what did Jesus mean when he said, follow me to Levi, and how did this relate to the life of a disciple? I mean, I think sometimes, this is one of the instances where we where we uh, jump over, for the most, most part, we jump over to the spiritual sense um, and we spiritualize, I mean, I think it's, it's correct, but we spiritualize it and we, we jump over the, the, the more literal view of what it says here. So follow me, we, I mean, for the most part, I think we interpret it as, um, I mean, as someone who just leaves his life behind and goes, commits his life to the Lord Jesus, and now he's, now he's a Christian, now he he's, uh, gets baptized, he, he, he goes to church, and he uh, shares the gospel with other people. 
which is a, I think it's, it's a true uh, interpretation, but something we, we jump over, uh, the, in, at least in this section, the literal part, and we forget that in, in those times, um, rabbis, that they would literally do that. They, I mean, they would have a, uh, their disciples, and they would literally follow them around. They would be, um, they would be like, I don't know, What's the word? Um, I mean, literally, they would just move from town to town to, to other places. Um, and the disciples would just follow them around. They would be committed to, to not only like, learn from them, but also like, study and their words and repeat, literally repeat their, their words. Um, so I think if we, again, if we slow down and just try to uh, figure out what was happening there, we can learn another, like more, a closer detail of what it means to be a disciple. It, it, it doesn't only mean to, to profess to be Christians, but to literally just learn to, be, to speak like or rabbi, to learn to speak like or, or, or teacher, to imitate him in everything he, he does, to walk with him, uh, to walk like him. Uh, so those, those kind of, well, some, some of the small details, I mean, I, for a long time, I overlooked. Um, and then it says, Levi got up immediately, left everything, and began to follow Jesus. This re response showcases the captivating power of Jesus and how grace is irresistible. I mean, so that's one of, I mean, I, I really wish I could go <laughs> into more detail in, oh, into, the, into this section, but... Uh, I mean, just, just, just another proof. I mean, when, when the Lord Jesus calls someone, uh, when he eff effectually calls someone, it is, I mean, there's no other option. There's no, there's no debating. There's no, okay, I'm going to think about it. If, if the Lord Jesus is truly calling you, not with an external call, not, not like the, the general call that, that we, for example, we preach to everyone, uh, and some people, some people decide to repent, some others do not. But this is an, an, the effectual calling of the Lord Jesus. It says, Levi, follow me. And he gets up immediately. I mean, he, he probably left his table with all the money there, and the, the books wide open. He didn't care. He just, okay, I'm, I'm going. So this is the irresistible uh, uh, grace that we, the, that it's not um, explicit, explicit, in, in here, but it is implicit. I mean, it, you, can, you can see how the Lord Jesus calls uh, his people. Um, but so why were the Pharisees and teachers of the law upset about Jesus' association with tax collectors and sinners? So um, the Pharisees believed in salvation by segregation. I got that from R.C. Sproul. Salvation by segregation. They, they thought that if they would be apart from these, ugh, these ugly sinners, from these uh, unholy people, um, they will be saved. They, if, if they separate themselves, I mean, more than likely, that's one of the, uh, that's where uh, the, a monasticism was born out of. Out of. I mean, if we just um, take ourselves from the world, then we'll be fine. But uh, I just, as much as salvation by works, salvation by segregation, just another flavor of the same, of the same mistake. Um, and again, I mean, are we too far up like from, from that type of thinking? Um, I mean, how do we see uh, 
the LGTB, LGBT plus ABC, GEF, <laughs> oh, the, the whole thing. I mean, I, I mean, sadly, I've seen, I think, true Christians um, that have fallen into that mistakes, into that mistake of, of seeing people like that, uh, who, I mean, who clearly and undeniably, I mean, they, they are, they are, they are in sin, and 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 they will go to eternal damnation if they do not repent. Um, but instead of looking at them with compassion, with, with pity, yeah, but with compassion, with mercy, we look at them like, ugh, I am not like him. Hey, I, I don't have those thoughts. But, uh, I mean, I, I, if we do that, aren't we following the same salvation by segregation? Okay, I go to, I go to again, I go to, to, Sunday every, to, to church every single Sunday. I go to care group. Uh, I do this and do that. Uh, my friends are Christians. My parents are Christians. I was born in a Christian home. Uh, so, one of the, and that's another one of the things that we have to be careful in. Again, just meditating and just asking the Lord. I mean, that, um, I can't remember the, where in, in Psalms it is, but it says uh, it's a, a prayer to reveal me, Lord, the, uh, my, my hidden sins, uh, even the sins that I'm not aware of. Please reveal, reveal those to me so I can, I can repent, I can go to you in prayer and repent of those sins because I'm not even aware. I sin so much that I, I don't, I'm not even aware of how much, how much I sin. So that's the other, the other thing. I just want to make sure that uh, we don't pass over and we are aware of, of, of that. And I mean, we can spend, and he has two parables that are just packed, but I mean, the only thing I'm going to mention is you have fasting there, so it's, a, it's, another, uh, it's another area there. But the bridegroom and fasting analogy indicated that it was not time for fasting. Jesus also foreshadowed his crucifixion and emphasized the need for spiritual adaptability. So in those two parables, he is uh, pointing to a new and better covenant that was, that was about to come. I mean, he's literally telling the Pharisees, hey, Pharisees, you've been doing this for a while. You've been used to doing things this way. But things are changing. Uh, there's, there's a new, a, a new better covenant that it's coming, and it's here, so you better change your, your ways. Um, so th those two parables, I mean, I wish I could have more time to just unpack those, but it's uh, uh, really late. Um, I didn't go over 20 minutes like Dennis, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the things that you have revealed to us, that you have preserved in your word for us to read. And just the fact that uh, we have even different translations of the, of the Bible that we, can, that we can read, that we can, that we can just read in, 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 in safety, that uh, we have all of these many comforts that, uh, that your Holy Spirit through the work of your church has done through, through the past uh, two millennia that we have access to, to your word. We worship you and praise you for, for that. And we ask you, Lord, that you give us love for your word, that we may meditate in your word, that we can treasure it in our hearts. We ask you, Lord, for your blessing as we transition to corporate worship, that we may come with humble hearts, not, ma uh, not matter what we, we did this week, that we may bring 
or sins to you and repent of the sins, knowing that there's no sin, no, there's no blackness, no, no, no corruption that you cannot clean, you cannot wash. We ask you, Lord, all of, for all of these things, in the name of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.